Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast. So glad you tuned in today, wherever you are, whatever you're, uh, whatever you got going on, to be able to spend a few minutes with you, helping you find and follow Jesus. Uh, Craig and Kyle and Scott here today to uh, keep the conversation going and talk about what it means to live life like following God in uh, on a on a Thursday with a little bit of rain, a little bit of is it winter, is it spring yet? You know, just kind of that everyday life. Uh, hopefully, so whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, whatever the weather's like when you're listening to this, hopefully it'll help you today as we jump in what we got going on in life. I got a question for you guys on just to shoot shoot right out of the shoot right out of the start, get right out of the start, shoot off, shoot out of the gate. I'm pretty good at mixing metaphors. You yeah, are yes, very good very at mixing good. metaphors. One of these Congrats. days, I wish I'd started writing them down. Know, about right, because one of these days, ago. one of them's gonna be really good. <laughs> So far, none of them are good. But one of these days, I'll come up with a new one that'll be maybe my legacy. Anywho's, uh, tipping at places. Oh, tipping is places, restaurants. You know, it's, it's I tipped ex- the, I extending tipped places. to the guy I bought our coffee from this morning. I brought coffee for Scott and I. I Craig didn't want cheers. Any I appreciate. It. I don't think you saw your text. Oh, I didn't see so, your text, but but I'm you would have said no anyway. Uh, I might not have. Now, oh. when you tip, let me just quiz you on this. Yeah. Pre-service, post-service, you tip. Uh, well, in general? Nope. Uh, today. Today, today. Post. Post. Yeah. Post. But service. this is a place I go a lot. Okay. So did you tip based on previous experience or current? Yeah, I like the guy. There, it's a great company, local company. I like the organization. You're gonna hold out. People are. Are you not gonna? Oh, you're gonna wait for a sponsorship maybe for the podcast, or are you just gonna give a free? Plug? Oh, ladder coffee. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, you haven't said it. People are like, where's this great coffee spot, Kyle? Uh, they're all over town. They got like four or five locations now. They keep expanding, uh, and yeah, so I go there very frequently. Indoors, work on my message, sitting there, cool vibe inside, and I go through the drive-through every now and then. So I typically tip, and but so they're they're really good. And yeah, it is good coffee. They have good service. Uh, so you did post tip. Yeah, well, the drive-through, you know, they get your drink, they go make it, and then they say, "Hey, that's this much." Okay. So you give them your credit card, and then it, this is the way. So Lindsay and I were literally talking about this now. Do you have this thing now where uh, cash is becoming less and less of a used commodity? I know your feelings on cash, Scott. So I don't want to drive down too deep into oh, this. I got cash. You want to talk uh, cash? But um, like Lindsay and I were talking about that, she goes, "I there's more and more places that ask for tips now than like ever." And she goes, she asked this question, she goes, do you think it's because the tip jar is becoming less and less, right? It was always there as like an option, and there's less tip jars. She said she went through somewhere the other day and for work, and they ordered a bunch of stuff, and they kind of felt bad because it was a big order, and one of her coworkers gave her some cash and said, hey, give them a tip. They're, they're great local business, Hangry's restaurant over here off Trent. And uh, she walked in Ding. to pay for it, and uh, she goes, oh, do you have a tip jar? And he's like, uh, no. And she's like, well, I, I want to give you money. <laughs> What um, I've noticed is that when you pay with a credit card, uh, more often than not, the way the software is set up, it, a tip option comes yep. up automatically. They flip often the thing with, around. Or yep. yeah. yeah, so ladder. That's, that's just common core math seeping in. People can't do uh, 10% or 15 or 20%. Oh, yeah, right. I don't know how to do math. This is what 10% is, 15, 15 20, 18, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Custom. So ladder now sometimes, because they do that on the inside, so they don't hand you anything, so they'll ask, do you want to add gratuity to that? And I, that's the most awkward thing. Like, no, I don't. They're looking right at you. Yeah. Are you a cheapskate? Hey, do you appreciate me? Am do you want to round that up today to help the poor yeah. kids in... Oh, the roundup. The roundup so, thing. Don't but get I'm me started like, on that. I have some strong feelings on tipping. I, I think do, too. That's I why feel I brought like it up. And tipping for good service, great. 
I'm I'm not an over tipper. I think some people are really generous. I don't I'm not that like twenty five percent guy. It's just not me. Uh, but I also believe you got to do your job well to get tip. I've worked jobs that get tips, and if I don't do good, I shouldn't get a tip. So the the automatic expectation Bingo. of a tip. Okay, you're on you're is, on my thunder here. Is to me asinine. And then the other thing for me is like the to go food. What what am I tipping you for? Putting it in a bag? I don't tip on to go. I I disagree. Yeah, I know. You, because it's for me the tip the the point of the tip is above and beyond service. It's not mandatory. So you do that kind of work, you should receive extra. That's so that's at the, the to go. What the is tip. the above and beyond that they're doing? Uh, so like I, we call one place regularly and get it to go. It's Nadine's in the uh, restroom. Anyways, so See, I'd, how prob- they, I'd probably tip at Nadine's just because they're so nice, so great. Friendly. But how they answer the phone, yeah. they like the the quality of the order, the efficiency. They say it's going to be twenty minutes. I show up in fifteen. It's ready to go. So like the the over deliver under promise par- portion of it. Um, you talk to the the gal. Usually it's a gal on the phone. That's the to go lady. Like, that's her job. She's not a table server for the evening. So, she, like, she's working tables. They're just digital tables. So, um, I kind of view it as your normal server. So, is she doing a ton? Is she waiting on you for an hour, refilling your drink, make sure you got napkins? No. But in light of, you know, the quality of the service, I'm like, okay. oh, okay. I'll give you that. I understand that. I will tip every now and then if it's a bum beyond. But on a regular basis, it's like, you didn't really do much. I think we've gotten a little out of control. I'm not bringing this up just for, I think this has relevancy for me for last week's conversation. So if you're like, what are they talking about? It has to do with like the blessing of God and do I need to do things so God will bless me? And I think the motivation of tipping, um, one, culture, we just put tips on everything. Like there's tips, you're trying to, we're supposed to be tipping for everything now? I'm like, And it's a very American thing. Yeah. I mean, Go to travel anywhere else, and it's like what? No, like, my, and if it's Europe, groups of it's, six or more, it's a mandatory eighteen percent. Yeah, eighteen like, percent. So is this a tip? This is not a tip. That's where I'm. A little, there's a little confusion on like for me. I did the same thing. I put myself through college, uh, when I was on the working front through tip jobs. I worked a hotel, did banquets, and so our team got served. You know, uh, a tip based on how well we did serving the wedding party and the retirement party and. All that, and then I parked cars, valeted for two years, and we got a we got a, a base salary or a wage of like three dollars an hour. I don't know, it was five bucks an hour. It was nothing. And then you just had to hustle. You run fast, and you park the car properly. And you interact with the customers yep. nicely, and let them know Treat that you're them. keeping their car safe. Yep. Like the same thing. So. You park the Lamborghini up top in the fire lane because he gives you the look, and you're like, I'll make sure it's in a good spot for you, and. Um, you just do those kind of things. And so then you get paid for that service. Now it's like, hey, do you want a tip? I haven't got service yet. And we're tipping now at like Ace Hardware? You know, and it's not at Ace Hardware, <laughs> but like certain places, like, why are we trying to provide a tip? So I, it just made me wonder about um, last Friday, uh, Livia and her friends at school threw a party, which is this was super good. I was super proud of my daughter and her friends. One of their basketball teammates is moving to Texas, and so they were like having a go away party during lunch at school. And they, this is a girl thing, which I, I'm thankful I have a daughter and I'm learning about women. <laughs> it's so great because I grew up with two brothers. Dad, you have two brothers. Mom has two brothers. Uh, a lot of boy cousins. Like there's just a lot of males growing up. No sisters, and so they like planned a party for lunch. This, you're bringing Sprite and you're bringing dessert and you're bringing us chips or whatever, right? They like 
coordinated it. And so Olivia was like, can you get a couple of pizzas and drop them off at the school? I was like, I can do that. So I got a couple of Domino's in like on the on the order, you know, app and stuff. It's like, do you want to give a tip bef- before I even go know if I should tip them? And for you're the picking service? it up. Oh, yeah, because it's like a half mile from school yeah. and instead of paying delivery. And, you know, I think it was fun to see her and her friends like just. Yeah, I picked it up. I'm like, what am I tipping for? And I'm tipping before the work is done. Like, I don't know. Can I take that back later if you don't do good service? Is this yeah, just part of the fee? In a situation like that, I, it's not even a thought. I just, there's no tip. Yeah. There's nothing to tip. There's nothing that I'm responding to. They do that, the delivery thing now. You could, like, on the app, you order it and you tip before. I'm like, what if the delivery driver's half hour late and... Right? Yep. Like, is gets rude, or yeah. calls or, or doesn't have the order right yeah. and doesn't seem to care. So I normally try to go no tip and then give them cash. Right. And that's a great way to do it. And I am... I am if, a, they, if they deserve if it. If they deserve it, right? And because I was in the boat for years and put myself through college that way, uh, I get it. Like, I'm a very generous tipper. Like, I am... I'm not like a percentage. Like I got to do 18. Like, I'll give people... 30%, 35% at times because of their service. Like, and I just know, like, I know what, where they're at, the position they're in. And like, that adds up over time. Um, so I'm a very generous tipper. I just think we, we've lost what a tip is. Plus, I'm curious, back to, like, maybe something that's helpful for Jesus, like our motivation for tipping. Like, I should pre-tip on my Domino's order. Is there anything mixed in our hearts and our thoughts there where it's like, because I need to be generous, so God's generous to me. Like, it's a self-serving, you know, I need to do things for others so I'm blessed by God. Or and I'm blessed by the delivery driver because if he sees that I'm giving him $10 before he even made the pizza, maybe he'll drive faster. Or That's not, always my thought. Or it's not like, spitting my food. Yeah, are they looking at this tip like, oh, he didn't tip? Or, oh, dude, this guy's nice. Like, we better get that pizza there quick. So my, again, my motivation for my generosity, even in that, is self-serving. Like, ooh, I'm going to tip because I want them. I want I mean, better, even and, I'm going to bribe them for better service. Yeah, and I don't even, th- that's not really my motivation at Ladder even today, but like, they know me. I'm there a lot, and I tip most of the time. And so it's tough because I'm aware that they are aware of that. And so am I tipping because I want them to like me more and serve me better the next time I come? Now you we're know? into popularity. Now yeah. you're into chasing popularity. Right? Well, Nadine's, you're like, I'm a frequent. They know me. They're nice. They're going to see me I don't know if they know again. me yet. Okay. They should. I feel like I should be on their special rewards program amount of business yeah. I brought them. I feel we have, a, we have a local Chinese restaurant next to our house that's kind of similar. That's like we order to go a lot, like barely ever sit down in there. Um and they're nice, and they thank us for ordering. And I'm like, I order, always order the same thing. So I'm wondering if I call, if they're like, oh, it's that guy. And then I'm like, you know. Yeah. So I wonder if some of our listeners are wondering where this is going. Well, and just to be clear, there's no way for our listeners to tip us on this podcast. Well, I mean, if you want me to put a Venmo out there or a cash app uh, one or of the Apple best ways Pay. I just want to make sure that that's not where this is going. Like, no. subscribe, rate our podcast. That's the best tip you can give I, us. I was, you know, here's what I was just thinking. My last week in this podcast and life is not just about having theories to put out there. Like, I'm living this stuff too. And so looking into the things that I do, you know, particularly with like money and generosity and wealth, it's like, am I doing that because... I love people and I love God and for a service or I give to um, donation or charity or whatever because of it's a great cause or am I mixed in there trying to f- figure out the blessings of God and how blessed I am and I want to make sure I stay on the good list and not the naughty list of God's blessings and I'm still striving to try to somehow buy God's approval. Like the God of the universe, 
He doesn't need your money. Like, don't yeah. insult God with trying to buy him lunch and like, hey, we're buds now because I bought you a lunch, buddy. Like, no. And again, this is a this is a follow through on last week's podcast. So, uh, if you're listening right now, you should and haven't listened to last week's. You should you go back and listen to last week's, and this will make a whole lot more but, sense. Yeah. But it'll tie into today too, because I think I think we do that with so much more than money. I'm I was telling Scott and and Jesse. Uh, yesterday, I'm so deep in. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Sabbath and rest, and I'm so deep in the biblical narrative of uh, seven day creation and all this stuff. And we do the same thing with our day of the week, even going to church or whatever it is, or rest or anything. Like I, I'm going to give God this day. He deserves my hour and a half at church, and I'm going to sing really loud with my at the top of my lungs because God deserves it. All true, and God quote needs it. Not true, <laughs> right? Like. Again, it's this weird tension that we feel like we have to give this to God in this idea of, like, yes, God is worthy of it and deserves it and owns it, but our way of understanding our management of it as owners, and and I'm dealing with it now with time, right? We do the same thing with time that we do with money. Like, well, this is my time, and I'm going to choose to carve out some of my time to give back to God. So wait, you own time? You are the master of time? And this day is yours? And that's legitimately, in the Hebrew understanding, God creating the days and providing manna and all these things in the wilderness is his showing them that he is Lord of time and that he, he owns it and that he chose to rest. And so yeah, and I think we f- do it with everything, not just money. Correct. The fact that we have breath in our lungs today is not up to us. Like we live and move and have our being, existence in God. It's, it's, a, it's a flip of the, the perspective a lot of times, you know. The sun doesn't go around the earth. God doesn't revolve around my life. Like the, those two, like, oh, wait, yeah, that's, that really is true. So anyways, if we get back to, in culture, if we get back to what the tip's really about, and then if we just want to charge extra as a business for certain fees ahead of time, let's do that. Let's just, I'm just advocating for clarity of the tip. Well, if Plus, you're in Washington now, we don't underpay motivation. anymore. We used to way underpay those people. Dude, somebody told me... It's, Target was saying they're hiring people for twenty at twenty five bucks an hour. Yeah, is this true? What is going it, on? I but, wouldn't but be surprised. Server, I mean, again, your your example of you know Washington it used to be pretty bad. Like, yeah, we underpay Six servers. Bucks an hour. We underpay these people because yeah. we expect their tips. Correct. We did away with that. <laughs> so, I mean, not that you know minimum wage is a livable wage. We could argue all that. Oh, whatever. But. Now it's not like, oh, you have to tip me so I can make enough money to live. Again, that that's screwing up the whole process of going, hey, if the business is trying to make a dollar hamburger and then expect you to tip $3 to make the person's wage yeah. livable, like, hey, that's, that's not on me. Charge me $3 for the hamburger. Right. Or charge me four. Build yeah. the tip in. Yeah. Build the, the cost of employee in. Yeah. Uh, before, it, are we diving into the, the scripture for this sure, week? Sure. Before yeah. we do, can I give a shout out? Sure. Uh, You're John, on shout out train. Uh, John and Debbie Byer. Uh, listen to our podcast faithfully. Amazing uh, people. They, they're a video, usually a video, video. watcher. Video, John and Debbie Byer. Right. Uh, uh, go to our church, partnering with Northbridge, hanging out over there. They gave me the coolest gift ever. Really? Okay. It's a handmade hoodie, zip-up, Gonzaga thing for my daughter. It's what? amazing. Really? So cool. Like, I'm like this, and is you didn't bring it for sure. I know. I, I, I guess it's a on the video. Dog hoodie? No, for no, my daughter. daughter. Oh, your daughter. My daughter. <laughs> not for my dog. I mean, I it thought might, you said dog. It might. No, it's probably a little small for my dog. <laughs> uh, okay, well, Chloe's out. We're talking about your your <laughs> my soon to be born daughter. 
There you go. Uh, I'm with you now. They gave us a baby present on Sunday. They came to church to drop it off, and uh, we opened it like on the way home in the car, and I was like, it's got a, a Gonzaga patch on it. It's uh, blue and red. It's the coolest thing ever. It's okay. handmade. Wow. Oh, awesome. That's pretty Man. nice. That's so thank you sweet. so much. Shout John, out. John and Debbie, you guys are that was awesome. That's a big tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, people can tip. They can. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, no, we're not. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. That that's generosity. That's super cool. Well, and super that's uh, it. Just to add to that shout out, that's like John and Debbie. They're very generous people, um, and they do it from the heart. It's they're they're just great that way. Right. Yeah. That's again throwback to last week. We were talking about just like I know I'm blessed and from God, and I'm just giving to others out of that. And so, should we jump into? More of uh, Matthew 5 here, yes, Jesus' yeah. Sermon on the Mount, you know, laying out this new way to be human, this new way to really follow God, which is not new, it's just they forgot. And so he jumps in with that. He's saying, we kind of we went through salt and light section, so. Yeah, we, we scratched the surface a yeah, little bit. Yeah, if we want to jump in there. But like verse 17, I thought we could pick up there where he says. Well, before you go there. Okay. Verse 16. Okay. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And uh, you know, we were just talking about John and Debbie. Praise God for their generosity. Their good work is seen in such a way that it brings glory to God. That's why we're talking about it. And I, I think that's a, a great encouragement to us. The good works don't save us. We're clear on that, I hope. Um, but the good works do bring glory to God. And he's, as, as Matthew's writing, he's saying... Do your good works in a way, with the right attitude, with uh, you know the right approach, all that kind of stuff, in such a way that got to be glorified because people will see that and say, "Oh, that's awesome, that's cool." There's something authentic or real or godly about that act and that person who did that act, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's I mean that that chunk is it's so deep, and I think we scratched the surface of it, and we could get into the you talked about the the focus of the light, the salt, the the reason even in ancient antiquity what that did and why you know he would use those words to explain how we as Christ followers and we as examples can um, preserve the earth, add flavor to the earth, add spice to life, if you will, light in the darkness, all that kind of stuff. We talked a lot about that when we went through John. John obviously has a huge emphasis on the light that came into the darkness. So rewind to, oh, is that season one of the podcast? Way to reference seasons. Uh, we Are we still in season two? We're in three. We're in three? Yeah. I lost track. Yeah. Let me know when you want to switch over to four. We'll just click a button and we'll go to okay. four. Okay. Can yeah. we start f season four next week? Maybe. It doesn't It doesn't feel right yet. <laughs> Let me know and we'll do it, but not when that. I don't like that. <laughs> see, how the, see how arbitrary the seasons are? That's how that uh, goes. That's how they yeah, work. So we talked a lot about that light and so the light in us and living through us. Um, again, reference season one if you want to. So verse 17, do not think that I came. Yeah. What were you going to say about that as you were jumping in? No, I had more thoughts on on sixteen. The good, but anyways, let's move. Let's let's keep moving forward here. Uh, let's pick it up in seventeen, like you said. Yeah. So, I I think it's a a jumping off point. What you just said. I hope people know about salvation. Why well, this is? I think we're going to jump into it. We are. Jesus is going to clear it up for us. So he says this. Do not think I have come to abolish the law of the uh, or the prophets, the Torah, uh, the the what we consider the Old Testament. Uh, the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And again, his his audience is Jewish people um, who are, are well-versed, understand um, some more than others, some memorized, 
the whole Torah, the first five books. I mean, some people are like super deep. Others are Jewish by culture, and so they, they get it, and they're practicing some things. But um, this is this is revolutionary. This is like we'll read this and like, okay, what else you got? Like, I don't know how that applies to me, but this is groundbreaking. Uh, it's part of what added fuel to the fire for people to eventually crucify him because his proclamation that he is the Messiah, the anointed one, he is God in flesh, and he's able to do this is the like foundation of why they're like blasphemer. Like only God can say these things. Only God can do these things. And he's like, that's me. And they're like, no, it's not. So I think one of the huge. reasons that Jesus says this here is in anticipation of what he knows he's going to say. So, uh-huh. so what is in the balance of chapter five and all of six and seven, he knows is going to be, is going to be heard as contrary to, or contradictory to yep. um, what the Pharisees and the teachers uh, that they were used to hearing would have to say. Yeah, and so he's going to he's going to counteract all yeah. that stuff. So he's saying, don't get the wrong idea here. But here we go. So good. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I was going to say. I heard it said this way the other day that I really liked that. I think I think for both the original audience, the Jewish audience and for us today, uh, you know, modern Christ followers, Western Christians to go um, to understand this as well. Jesus is basically saying, hey, I don't want you to misunderstand. I didn't come to create a new religion. I think that's what a lot of us think. Like Jesus came. There was Jewish and he's like, hey, I'm coming to create a new religion. And he's like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm fulfilling these Hebrew scriptures that have been f- prophesying and foretelling about what I am doing. I'm coming to do that. It's the same thing. It's not two different things. And, and I, again, that, that idea that, you know, again, Hebrew um, audience and, and the, the Torah and all that kind of stuff, like, well, we'll separate that. And then we got this New Testament thing, and Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm trying, to, I'm trying to relate it all together. It's all one revelation of who God is and what God is doing. It's one. It's me. And that's where it's going to get some pushback. It's like, no, it's yeah. not you. Uh, but he's, he's saying, I'm not, I'm not coming to create, and, and I think that we like to draw lines and delineate in religion and people and you and me. and Jesus Even saying, the fact that we refer to the Old Testament and the New Testament is that delineation. Yep. I heard somebody say it this way, that the uh, New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And what they're getting at is that, that all the truths of the New Testament are there in the Old Testament, but they're not real obvious, they're concealed. Paul referred to them as mysteries that are now made known. Um, and, and the New Testament is the fulfillment of all that Old Testament stuff. It's, it's it, in the person of Jesus Christ. So there, there isn't, it's, there's not two books. There's one book. There's there's one set of scripture. It's God who has revealed himself. And Jesus is saying, yeah, don't make that separation. I'm actually fulfilling all of that. That's what this new uh, era is going to be about. Yeah, and the wisdom of God's revelation through, specifically through the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, for us, again, it's going, well, I'm I'm not an ancient Israelite living in the covenant made at Mount Sinai. That's That's not me. I'm, I, I didn't get that passed down from my father and my grandfather and like a lot of the original authors or readers did. And even today, modern Jewish people, that they go, I am a modern Israelite living under this covenant made at Mount Sinai. That's not me. But the, the divine wisdom, the, the Holy Spirit inspired wisdom of the laws, even in the Hebrew Old Testament, we've talked a little bit about that um, understanding. And then that's, so that's what Jesus is doing. He's pointing to this divine wisdom in, in the Hebrew scriptures, and then he's pointing to his fulfillment of this not abolishing it, not wiping it out, not making it obsolete, um, making it new and fulfilling it in a way that is 
is pulling from that wisdom, and then he will create a new covenant. Which makes the old one obsolete. And talk about the... You know, as far as the fulfillment. I think I think one of the... Well, I just wanted to make sure we had a little more context on, on Jesus in Matthew 5 here. He's just saying, uh, anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches other, others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Sounds pretty good. And then verse 20, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And he's, for us to try to maybe connect with that, it'd be like just an average group of people. He goes, unless your physical abilities exceeds that of an Olympic gymnast, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And we, go, we would all go, well, we're all screwed. We can't exceed the physical capabilities of an Olympic gymnast. That's what he was saying on a spiritual level to his, his listeners. He's going, you know, the guys at the top, unless you get greater than that on a spiritual level, can't be part of what God's doing. You're like, because he's setting it up. Like you he's said, set, Kurt, he's setting it he's up. He's setting it up because they, they, and we'll get into that in a second here, how they misconstrued and didn't really have true righteousness. And But to the point of how we view what the Torah is, the law, the Old Testament, um, one, I think most of us think about it, and maybe this will help you as a listener, think about it too narrowly. We think there's two parts. It's far greater than two parts. God's not trying to do two different things. There's not old and new. There's what Jesus is driving at is the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, which is pre-Moses, pre-law, pre-nation of Israel, this promise and covenant that God made to Abraham that was based on God's work and not Abraham's work for Abraham to be made right with God through faith, and then Abraham's descendants, people of faith, to be made righteous before God through their faith in God, not through any works. Exactly. And so Jesus came to fulfill that. Yep. And most and people don't get that. Most people don't understand that Jesus is talking about that. They think he's coming to fulfill the Ten Commandments. Right. Or but the 603 other commandments there are in the law. He is fulfilling all the things in the law of Moses. He just said that. Correct. But he's also, it's much bigger than it's that. greater and than that. To your point. In Luke chapter 24, uh, there's this wonderful story about Jesus showing up kind of incognito with the two on the road to Emmaus. And uh, he pretends that he doesn't know, you know, what's going on and has this conversation with him. It's a fascinating story. But in the midst of that story, he says, um, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer? Then it says in verse 27, Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. This is at a time when the New Testament, as we know it, does not exist. The scriptures are all of these... The Hebrew scriptures. The, the Hebrew scriptures. Yep, the 39 books of the Old Testament as we refer to it. And he's saying in all of those scriptures, the prophets, the Torah, uh, the writings, the Psalms, it's all stuff that points to Jesus... And as he's walking along the road, he's helping them to see that. Yeah, and when he referenced Moses, I mean, he's talking about Moses is the traditional author of the first five books of the Bible, right. which is the Torah. So he's when he says Moses, the writings of Moses. It's the Torah. It's the Torah. So that starts in Genesis, includes you know Noah, Abraham, all of that. Um, so it's not just, and that's why people get off track. Let me ask you guys this question. Um, Kyle, you're making that point. Hey, we didn't grow up in ancient Israel and are Jews, but for a lot of us, we have some sort of religious law, some sort of bits and pieces of things. Why do why do people get so hung up with religious law? 
And again, it's not necessarily like a traditional Jewish law. It's I've heard this, I do this, I do that, and I've created my own religious structure in my brain and through influences around me to go, this is the law of what it means to... We could spend a whole series of podcasts on that subject. But that's what Jesus is bringing up is why it it is. I think think one thing that I've observed in myself and in other people's lives over the years, and I I, I think it's, it's fairly evident in Scripture, is that people, some people, most people, feel more comfortable with a with a to-do list with a set of rules yeah. with a a framework like why do you okay, think so that if is? i do it this way am i good right and and when there's no framework when there's where there's just a relationship a dynamic and living and real relationship which is what jesus is all about um and and there aren't those i i, I can't check boxes it's a relationship and and i can't say, all right, well, I've satisfied whatever, you know, is expected of me today, so I'm done for the day, though, you know, I'll check some more boxes tomorrow. If, if there isn't that, a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that. Yeah, the, the ambiguity, I think you say, why is that? I think as people, we like clear-cut delineations between right and wrong. Tell me what I can do. Tell me what I can't do. Where's the line? Maybe I'll get as close as I can to it without crossing it. Help me understand, right? Like you seen this with your kids. Like, what? What is it? When? When is my bedtime? What? I, what? My kids? With no. kids? Oh, I thought you said my my with kids. With kids are in general, in case they're listening in, they're great. You know, but they want to know, Dad, what is okay? What isn't okay? At what time did I do something that I shouldn't have done? How late can I stay up? Nine o'clock's okay, but nine o one, then I'm I'm breaking the rules. Absolutely, right? Like, and you know, all of those kinds of things that the ambig the ambiguity of like. This relationship dynamic, it's not, you know, I, I think it's funny you mentioned that, Scott. I thought you were going to go, like, why do we fight for the Ten Commandments to be hung in this place? And why do we want to know this is what you're supposed to do? Yeah. And that might be true for some people, like, this is the, like, yep. we should be doing this, and therefore we should all be doing this, then we will be right with God. Yep. That's part of their framework. Just get your living right, and y'all need Jesus, yeah. and y'all need the Ten Commandments. Even, even at... Um, Yesterday, we were at a pastor's networking uh, event, and so we did different roundtables. And one of the questions was just like, hey, how do you talk with uh, maybe someone who's like the lead pastor, someone in authority? Um, hey, I see this going on. Can I bring something up? It, it was almost predicated on a, on a bad team culture, like where it wasn't okay to bring stuff up like that. So then we were set to our, our tables just to talk about it, ideas, brainstorm. So one of the couples was like, I don't know. Ask them to like go get a drink and talk about it, right? It was their approach, and they they were lighthearted about it. And then another guy was like, "Oh, the guy I used to work for, we had a strict like herbal tea policy only, like it was real rigid. Herbal tea only. Yeah, he said something was like gray tea or something like, like no alcohol. It can't be can't be black. Definitely tea. no alcoholic beverages. It was like and a no, real no caffeine apparently. I don't know. I, yeah, we didn't get that far Whatever. on it. Whatever. But that was the thing, like, oh, this is our... Yeah, what are the rules? Where's the line? This is our rule. You know, you know, the employee handbook, how much vacation can we take? How many days off do you get, right? We want to know those questions. What are the rules here at work? What Do I get a 15-minute break? Like, all of those types of things. What's okay? What's your employee culture, as you referenced, Scott, in, in, in that context? Um, and I think there's something freeing about that. There's something safe and secure about knowing... For a lot of us, and I, and I know we're making some gross kind of overstatements and overgeneralizations, we go, I like, I like to know when I'm in and when I'm out. 
when I'm doing the right thing, when I'm not doing the right thing, whether we do that or not, the knowledge of that. Yeah. And the good news is Jesus didn't leave us empty-handed with like a vague framework. He gave us something that is new and better than what existed. And I think that's where I miss it. And a lot of people that are coming to Christ are looking for a more detailed Ten Commandment type list of what to do, not to do. And then you know you're right. And then they think, oh, it's not. They hear that's it's not that. I'm not Jewish. Okay, so there's nothing. So I'm left all, all to my own. And no, like Jesus gave us something really, really clear. And he's going to do that more in Matthew 5. I was just going to say, man, he gets, he really he tightens clear. it down a little bit more. And I wanted to give us maybe a little bit more bigger framework before we jump into that. So one, Romans 3 says this about the law. Therefore, no one, uh, this is 320. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight, God's sight, uh, by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we have become conscious of sin. Exactly. That's the point of the law, not to save us or to make us right, the sacrificial system, the keeping of this, and don't do that. It was to separate the nation away from the rest of the world so that the goodness of God could be demonstrated through those people. Yep. Just like handmade Gonzaga gifts is, shows the generosity of God, good works of others. Like, well, this, that points to, to God. The world was, like, vile and corrupt and uncivil. Is that the right was? way? It's past tense. <laughs> okay, yeah. less like here's how the here's how God's people should live, and so that's the separation. I, I'm glad you're making that point, but because yeah, go ahead. In, in verse 19, we just read that in whoever five. no back in Matthew five. Yeah, in Matthew five. But whoever keeps and teaches these commandments shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And if you just take that one half of that one verse you might walk away with the idea that, oh, the commandments then do apply. I, I need to keep the commandments because if I do, I'll be called great in the kingdom. Yeah. And, and we need to keep in mind that Jesus is speaking to a, a specific audience, a Jewish audience, and they are under the law still at this point because it's before the cross. Mm -hmm. the, the, yeah. the, and the cross is the, the tipping point. It's the, the point the lineation, at which the demark. It, it is a demarcation, and uh, yeah, I've often said all of history before the cross looks forward to the cross, and all of history since then looks back to the cross and the resurrection, of course. But, but he's not saying that you can be righteous this way, because if, if he was saying that, it would be contradictory to all these other scriptures, one of which you just got through reading. Yeah. It would be contradictory to the cross. To the cross. And the you have to understand that Jesus yeah, was can keep the keep and teach the commandments to be right with God, then Jesus didn't need to come, didn't need to die. And I think we look at Jesus as we look at some of these interactions that he has with some of the religious leaders and some of his teachings, and we think of him like we pit him against the Hebrew scriptures a little bit. We pit him against religious law. And against the Pharisees, yes. the religious teachers, and the Sadducees. Again, I'm seeing this in the Sabbath. We go, oh, well, Jesus was opposed to all of these ideas. And he came and was like, no, he was still a Jewish rabbi. I mean, he was still a Jewish man who was probably observing all of these laws. Whoa, whoa, take probably out. Who was observing all of these laws. Completed right? them perfectly. Of course he was. Right? Like, and so we go like, oh, yeah, he was like a rebel and against and coming in and going, you don't do that. This is new. and didn't. Like, no. He's not sub subversive. Yeah. Subversive Jesus. He's not subversive in yeah. against the Jewish law. At all. No, he's gonna... And I heard someone recently teach that. And I was like, oh, you're so far off from who Jesus is. He's not subversive Jesus. Yeah. He's completing and fulfilling. Back to Romans 3, verse 21. But now a righteousness from God. That's the fulfillment from the Abrahamic promise and, the, and what God's been trying to do from 
from day one of when sin entered. Apart, uh, righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. They like foreshadow, right? This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through the faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had let, left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. The righteousness of God is, comes and has only been possible through faith in Christ and the blood and the payment for that atonement is the payment for our sins for all people. Absolutely. Like you were saying, points back, points forward. It's, that's the justification. That's how we be made right with God. Abraham was declared righteous because of his faith in God, not the observance of any religious law or system or structure. And then in Romans 13, Paul goes on in this letter to help people understand Here's the new framework. You've heard, like, don't steal, don't kill, don't murder. Yeah, those are all great. You know what you do? You love people because love does no harm to its neighbor. So if you love people the way in God has um, defined love and is love, it completes all of that and more. And that's what Jesus is jumping into. Yeah, he's yes. going to raise the bar infinitely. He, that, he puts yeah. it back to where it was and is as far as what Whereas it means to love God and love your neighbor. In some ways, it always has been. Yeah. Yes, correct. And they, that's what he's jumping in with the Pharisees going, yeah, you guys got to be greater than these hypocrites because they say one thing, they're doing something else. They're all about external behavior modification, and they're not, their hearts are far, and they've missed the point. They've missed the point of the law. Yep. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is found in Deuteronomy 6. Like, it's... Hero Israel, the nation, you know, our God is one. Like, listen up, people. We have one God, and he wants us to love him and to love the people around us. And they got off track. And they would sin because God would say, have no other gods. And they're like, what about this golden calf? You know? And so they would, they would get off track. And, again, this, the law just made us, was our tutor. There's another expression. It was just our that's, showing that's, us where. That's how Paul puts it in the book of Galatians. Yeah. Man, you, oh, man, you got to read Galatians 3. You really just you need to read, read Galatians. Galatians three, yeah. particularly. Like yep. it just is like, what's the purpose of the law? It was to say, hey, we all guilty. What do we need? Righteousness that comes through Christ, not through our own effort. Absolutely, and and I I've sometimes run into this. People say, well, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm I'm going to believe God for my the forgiveness of my sin and for my right standing with God. It's by faith, but the Ten Commandments are still good, and we should teach them and preach them because after all, you know, God wrote them with His finger on tablets of stone. Hold on just a second. The, the law was never given to Gentiles. The law was never given to even Jewish people other than between the time of Moses and the cross of Christ. It served a purpose to point people to Jesus, and that's all. And so if we start trying to add law back in, Paul makes that point in Galatians. He said, you start doing that, you are you're contradicting the very reason why Jesus had to come. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Jesus had to come yep. and make it possible by faith alone. I'm going to play the advocate a little bit because I completely agree. The only part that I would say is, is partially right in someone who does that is pointing to and understanding the divine wisdom in those things. Because 
yeah, should we still not have any other gods above our God? Absolutely. It's something that Jesus points to and talks about. The legalistic part of this covenant that we believe that I do this so that God loves me is completely obsolete. It's completely out of there. But what we need to look at specifically as we read the Hebrew Scripture is the divine wisdom that points to Jesus Mm -hmm. and helps us. Again, I'm going to keep going back to the Sabbath because I'm I'm neck deep in it. you you sounded like the other day you're like 20 foot over yeah, your that's head. True. I am, I, yeah, I am at the deep end with bricks <laughs> on way, my ankles. You're at the bottom of the uh, pool just going, look, guys, look at this. This uh, is amazing. The, is there a legalistic requirement for me to rest from Friday to Saturday the way the Jewish people would have understand? No, there is not. Is there divine wisdom in stopping and resting in who God is? 100%. And so I, under, I would agree with understanding that. Understanding the divine wisdom of some of these things, even the law and the prophets... Even the, the dietary laws and the hygiene laws that were a part of the, the mosaic uh, instructions, it was all designed to help them live through the wilderness experience. Hey, you guys are going to end up with diseases and bacteria and things like that, and I, I know how to keep your health uh, optimal if you just follow these. So there was yeah. a divine they, wisdom even in all of that, even though none of that applies to They were today. like instructed to clean stuff with the hyssop branch in that plant, and they were like, scrub this down. And then you look at it like the active ingredient in Listerine is from the hyssop branch. Like it's got, oh, look at look at science making God right. Like, no, science doesn't make God right. God knows what he created and what's happening. Right. Yeah, so that, that's I, a good point. I, yeah, just Kyle. understanding There's, that and looking to that and loving people and not doing these things. But, yeah, it, as we get so legalistic and put this up because we follow these rules that are not rules that were meant for us to follow in a covenant with God that you do this. And so then you're right before God. You're my nation chosen people to again, to all the things we've talked about to show the other nations and, and set yourself apart, all that kind of stuff. We're set apart because of the blood of Jesus and because of what he's done. And then we look to the divine wisdom all the way through the scriptures from the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, the New Testament of what it points to Jesus. And we learn and glean from that in, in under the wisdom of who Jesus is. And, uh, and again, I, I, I hope people, as they're listening to this and thinking this through, realize that as much divine wisdom as there is in the law and as ineffective as the law is to be able to make us right with God, it, it can't do that. Um, that the, the things that are there are good, but Jesus is going to raise the bar significantly with regard to those things. So, for example, in the Ten Commandments, we're told not to steal, but we're not instructed to give. We're not instructed to be generous. We're not instructed to live a lifestyle like that. We're just told not to take. So Jesus is saying, yeah, that's good. Don't take. But I'm going to raise the bar even more. I want you to learn how to give and well, to be generous that, and, and to live like I. That's what he's going to reference here in Matthew. Like, yep. hey, the, the law says don't murder. Yeah, yeah that's not good enough, right? Like, and right. then again, he's going to go even on into that and go, what? You, you, no, you're good. We're we're going to run out of time today. Okay. Maybe we should just hold on and, and dive in. We keep saying we're referencing the references of the references. Yeah. But let's, we'll dive into it more because this is all the setup, and it's so important that we get it. It really is important. Uh, Craig, you literally were just quoting direct Galatians 3. Anyone who's trying to rely on the observance of the law for the righteousness of God is cursed. Because if you break one of the laws of the 613, you've broken them all. And so that's why Jesus came and fulfilled the law in part was he lived it out perfectly, never broke any of the commands. But he was also... Uh, God, so he had that ability to atone for our sins. And so there's a difference between applying some of the wisdom of God, like you're saying, with rest, versus just trying to keep a set of rules so I'm made right with God. Then you've created a religious um, framework, set of rules to become right with God, and it's through faith in Christ alone. 
And our new framework is the law of love. And if we genuinely understand who God is, that he's got to love and what that means, then we will fulfill all of the requirements plus some. And plus we, a lot. We can apply the things that are found throughout Scripture that are helpful and applicable to us. But I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. They'll read stuff in the Hebrew Scripture and go, wait, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, don't murder? I'm not supposed to do that? Wait, isn't that wise? Aren't we supposed, isn't that illegal? Like, yeah, but that's just like, do no harm to your neighbor. That's what love does. And so that's, that's included in that. Yeah. But and then we're he's not made right with and, God through that. Yeah, and then he's going to raise the bar even more and just say, love the way that I've loved you. And yes. The way that Jesus, and how God has loved us through the death and resurrection. And we'll Jesus, jump into so. that next time as, as he's hitting the Pharisees going, you guys are externally doing a lot of great things, but internally you've missed the mark. So he's going to point back to the original intent of the, the law that was given to the people of like, you need new hearts. In the storyline of all of humanity, our hearts got hard and rebelled against God. And the Israelites' hearts continually got hard. And Jesus showed up so that we could be new people and have a new heart and put his spirit inside of us because we need to, a new way to be human. And he's, he's going to hit us on the heart level. And as much as we want to think we all follow God, there's a rebellious part of our spirit that is being renewed day by day of, by Christ. But there's a hardness in our own hearts. And God's going to call us out. Jesus is going to get up in our business next week and uh, help us with like what it really means to follow God uh, on a heart level, not just an external behavior level. So, Kyle, thanks for the coffee today. I feel like it really helped get us through our podcast Hopefully, um, you're generous with your tipping today and this week, as long as it's for good service. <laughs> I don't know. People, I think you could be generous be, still, even if, I mean, beforehand. You, yeah. Well, no, you could just, just, even if your service is bad, you could still be generous. Correct. Just let, let the Spirit lead you there. Do you ever, have you ever written a note? No. Like on a receipt? Like, just nope. like, hey, just FYI, need some. Nope, never. Okay. You ever let, left a really, really small tip to make a point? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have written a note. That's not true. Just to give them like, hey, here's another big tip for you. I'll leave a few bucks, but greater than that. I think I left a note when it was terrible and I gave a small tip and I said this was just, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So anyways, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we're helpful with that. Landing the plane. I'm landing the plane. Have a great week following Jesus. We'll see you next week.